to the Winding Down Podcast. This is episode six. Alicia, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just trying to clear my palate of the teddy grams I just ate after dinner. A little post-dinner snack, of course. I had the same thing, so I'm with you. Uh, and that was trying to cleanse our palate of garlic chili sauce from uh, stir fry. So yeah. one thing leads to another. So why not have some wine? Now let's wash it all down with a nice glass of wine. Um, so... Uh, to recap, last uh, first of all, to introduce ourselves, if this is the first time you're listening, I'm Adam. I'm Alicia. And this is the Wine Down Podcast, where we have a bottle of wine and talk about you know our experience with it here. Um, very amateur. <laughs> very. If you, if you haven't already picked up from it, yes, very amateur. We're, we're uh, trying to learn the terms, the jargon, the strategies, but uh, as it stands right now, we are still very much novices. We've definitely learned a thing or two, and I hope that our listeners have learned along with us. <laughs> the neighbor's dog would like to, to chime in on this as well. Um, but uh, let, let's look back at last week because we dispelled a, a little bit of a uh, rumor, not a rumor, like a popular belief that uh, expensive wine is good wine. And while that may be true, uh, we also came across a very cheap wine, an $8 wine that was very good in Alianca. Yeah, Vino Verde. From Portugal. <laughs> uh, a little almost carbonated, very light, yep. refreshing, crisp. Yeah, it was... Easy drinking, summer, day drink. My mom's favorite wine. It was also like 8% or 9%. I think it was 10%. 10%. That makes more sense. Yeah. So so we we were a little bit shocked by the price point on that and also the quality because we we kind of knew going in that it was a cheaper wine, but we didn't know necessarily how how good it tasted. Maybe that's just us, but it was also highly ranked on the Vivino app, which you'll be going into here. It's like top 6% of Vino Verdes in the world. Absolutely. And, And... you know, again, just shock from start to finish on that <laughs> yeah. episode. So um, we're back here to talk about another wine. Um, but before we do that, we want to sort of talk about another thing. Uh, we like to sort of try and learn something every week when it comes to wine. And this week we are reading an article from winefolly.com. And it is the top four things you should know about buying wine. All right, um, Adam, what's uh, number one on this list? Well, before we go to that, it, it's it's almost just as a, as a preface. I thought it would be like, you know, examining the bottle. What should, you know, even just sort of stuff about it's shopping like in a that? store. It's It spans scenarios when you're buying wine. Oh, okay. So like for different crowds of party, like a dinner party versus a backyard barbecue, that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, okay. and, you know, buying for you, buying for someone else. So um, number one is uh, how we originally talked about how we have wine, which is dining out. So um, when it comes to dining out, what's your strategy when you go to a wine uh, a wine list at a restaurant? Um, I usually look for a reasonably priced one. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually don't order white for some reason. Fair. I either get um, sparkling wine, like Prosecco. Are they the same thing? Sparkling wine, Prosecco. Prosecco. Like interchangeable, right? Uh, Prosecco specific type of sparkling wine, I think. Oh, okay. Um, so I either go for that or I go for a red usually. Okay. Usually we get wine with like a steak dinner. So I, and with red, I would either, I don't know, I kind of pick what you pick or <laughs> we talk about it, but I try to go for ones that are pretty reasonably priced. Yeah. Like a Cabernet or a Pinot Noir is usually our go-to as yeah. well. Or, or was before we started this podcast. Yes. We haven't been out for dinner since because of the whole lockdown. So <clears throat> we're going to have a whole different strategy, but uh, number tip number one, when it comes to dining out, convey the illusion of preparedness rather than picking a specific wine this tips more about knowing what you like and maybe if you can research or look up a menu online of a restaurant seeing exactly what they have to offer so you don't get taken for a ride by a waiter or uh you know you don't 
spoil your dinner with uh, with a wine choice that doesn't suit what you're having. But I think that's interesting because thinking about what I mentioned last week when we kind of like asked our viewers, like, how, like if you're a Pinot Noir person, like what made you a Pinot Noir person, right? So I feel like people, when they go to restaurants, they're like, oh, I'm just going to get a Cab Sauv. Or so they just look for a reasonably priced Cab Sauv. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm butchering that. I'm the worst. No, 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 no. Finish your thought, though. Like, like. So, you know, so that kind of contradicts what you're saying. Like, come prepared. It's like, normally I would just go with the type that I, I'm loyal to or, you know, I'm you familiar know like. with. Yeah. And this is saying to go with that, but also I think maybe even more so to, to sort of look up and, and figure out, you know, Try and plan your meal ahead. This is basically saying to save time and take a stress off of yourself while you're having dinner. And at the last line is, it saves valuable time. Your wine will be appreciated, appreciated, and you will look like a boss. Um, well, that's kind of lame terminology. Look like a boss. Uh, I, I guess the point they're trying to say basically is, you're not going to be stressed out by looking at a long list if you come in prepared, uh, and even more prepared than just knowing the type of grape that you want to have a wine of. But uh, but also who makes it and you know, what year or whatever it may be. Fair. Have you ever actually been stressed about picking a wine or more overwhelmed? I haven't, but I have I, said to you, yeah. like the waiter's coming three, two. Yeah, one. that stresses me out under a time crunch. But if I had time to like, I guess that's kind of what it's going after. Like if you had time to research or kind of, you know, peruse or decide between, like I've never felt stressed, maybe overwhelmed, but anyway. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. And, and I think this there's a point to this as well, but there's also... Um, if you're not going to be stressed by it or you, you're not going to let it wreck your evening, um, going in with blissful ignorance is also kind of nice because you can find a wine that you may love or may yeah. fall in love with. Um, okay. Uh, number two, when buying a gift, bottle size matters. So uh, I'll save some time on this one. Basically, it says when you're buying a gift for somebody else, look for a fancy bottle or a larger size bottle. Um, if you don't have the time to necessarily sit down with someone one-on-one and say, oh, this is a wine we really like because of this, because of that, um, fancy bottle, big bottle will pack more of a punch when it comes to um, perceived value and quality of the wine. Okay, that's a fair point. Because I, whenever I buy wine for people, that stresses me out because you really, wine is pretty subjective. For sure. I think that's what we said before too. Yeah, because... You know, we may love Pinot Noirs, but maybe my sister hates them. And, you know, that that can be stressful. Yeah, and then the... So maybe going for a fancier bottle or bigger bottle just kind of makes up for the lack of knowledge of what kind it is? Well, it, it almost takes the need for explanation away when it comes okay. to... It's like, oh, like this bottle looks cool. Like, awesome, thanks. Yeah. I, I guess it's sort of... Um, like a band-aid solution. Does price matter? Does this article talk about price at all? It doesn't bring up price when it comes to this, um, but it does talk about perceived value, and that's where the size comes in. Okay. Because if you were to buy um, someone a bottle of wine, what, what's the average price that you would want to spend on someone without it being like a cheap? Like the Alianca, like we really liked it, but maybe someone didn't like it, and maybe they would know, oh, like you're giving us a $10 bottle of wine or $8 bottle of wine. I feel right? like my number's 20 yeah, twenty or or go to the vintages, so it's not um, it's like imported. Okay, I don't know why. To me, that to me like imported holds value. Fair. What about you? What's your number? I don't know. I've, I don't usually buy wine for people. Fair. I'm also pretty open when it comes to wine myself. So if someone gave me a type of wine I've never had before, I would try it 
and I wouldn't be like offended that it oh. wasn't you know oh I I only like uh, Merlot and I don't think really any of our friends would be like that either no no for sure and I'm, there's probably some wine snobs yeah um, but. Okay, what's number three? Number three is when buying wine in bulk uh, for a party, use a 75% rule. Um, this basically breaks it down uh, to say, I don't care if it's 100, 100 degrees Fahrenheit outside, 75% of American wine drinkers at parties ask for red. Um, so don't go for a 50-50 split between red and white, which is what you may think. Yeah. Um, but, but go for red, which is what I would ask for. Unless the only thing would be if, if it was like a sit-down brunch, yeah. um, I would probably go for red just because it feels more sophisticated, I, th- I feel. Red or white? Red does. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, That's interesting. When we have taught, we have continuously said white wine is like brunch wine. Yeah, or like a day wine. Yeah, exactly. Like I would never want, like, you know, if I was day drinking to start with a red, unless it was in a sangria. That that's true, but I feel like if I'm in a backyard and I'm having like a hot dog, I would probably go for red wine with that over white wine, even though I would probably go for a beer over both. Right. But, Na- nowadays, <laughs> yeah, but but now now that wines now that wines more on our palates and our the tip of our brains for decision making when it comes to drinks, I think I would go for red over that. But uh, this is just basically saying that you know white wine may be a little bit more finicky when it comes to people's selections. That's fair. All right, and the last wine tip here uh, is. When handed the wine list, do as the Romans do. Um, this came with a little story that basically said uh, this person was in France and they were looking at an extensive wine list and they decided in their head they needed to go with a wine that was from France and they did and they were happy that they did because basically cultures and restaurants and you know wine lists for fancier restaurants are designed to accompany the menu uh, and basically accentuate what you're having, what you're eating. So. Uh, as far as picking wines go, do as the Romans do and, and enjoy a wine from where you're in. Or let's say you're having a you know South American dish or something like that. Like why not go, pair it with us? Why not pair it with a with a Malbec from Argentina or something like that to yeah. match the flavors? Or you know if you're having sushi, what about sake instead of yeah. instead of a different type of wine? Right. So I think that's a fair point. I think it is too. Um, now that's sort of a, a good opening to to walk into our wine for this episode uh and we have a new tool yes so after much uh suggesting oh my goodness this is why adam's doing most of the talking tonight my brain is not on but after lots of suggestions from others uh we bought a decanter and it finally came in the mail um so our wine has been sitting in the decanter now for about a half an hour yeah just about yeah um so we are looking at a malbec a 2017 from argentina how do you say the name? <laughs> Salentine? Salentine, yeah. Salentine Reserve. Um, what, what do you want to say about the bottle? Well, it looks fancy right away. So there's like a copper, the, the foil around the, the, around the cork and the neck yeah. is like a coppery, dark copper. Um, and then the, the label itself is like embossed a little bit there. There's like some some nice patterns. There's like a you know coat of arms lions on the side and that's also the crest on the top and there's like these lines all the way across it that give it actually some texture Texture, that you can feel which is the first time we've rubbed the the front of a wine bottle before but that has texture you can hear it and it but this just exudes like it's a very classy bottle yeah it's it's simple but you know makes enough of a statement for sure and and it also uh, it does have the 
added bonus, like I had said before, of being imported. So immediately, I think it's more important and fancy than it may <laughs> actually be. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an attractive bottle. I don't know why I picked it. Um, this is from my my wine shopping spree from weeks ago. Um, we're getting into some of the more uh, adventurous bottles of wine because I don't yeah. think I've ever had a Malbec before. I'm sure I have. Um, but before we went on this adventure, all red wines kind of blended the same. So Absolutely. I can't distinct <laughs> distinguish. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> distinguish. Of certain flavors of a And we have not sure. uh, been drinking any no. wine prior to this. This is just pure exhaustion. Oh my at this gosh, point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do now, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to dive into this wine. All right, we are back, and we are pouring uh, our glasses of wine. Again, we haven't had anything to drink just yet, but as I'm pouring this out, what, what, what strikes you about this wine leash? It is a very dark purple. It's it's very pigmented. Yeah, it, it's like it's like plum almost. Like it's very very dark. This looks like it would just wreck your clothes and your couch if you got it anywhere oh, yeah. near it. It's drippy a little. Ah, we'll we'll cross that bridge oh, later. Thank you. Uh, all right, I'll these hand are actually glass. Adam did a, a nice pour, not overfilled so as I, per usual. I'm, so. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to rein it in a little bit here, especially with the vigorous swirling that we need to do to get the aromas to the surface, right? And we, yeah, we did look up how long you should decant wine, and it said about 30 minutes, and that we're actually right on 30 minutes right now. So um, that's good. Uh, so I'm giving it a nice swirl here. I'm trying to get some legs to form, but also it's kicking up a, a, a pretty aromatic bouquet. It's pretty aromatic, yeah. And when we corked the bottle and poured it into the decanter, we were like, but we didn't have to go close to the bottle to smell. No. And it wasn't alcohol smelling or really intense. It was just really floral. Yeah, it's perfumey to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But kind of tennis ball-y. There is that syntheticness to it. A little bit, yeah. All right, get, we should do, should we do big sniffs, little sniffs? You, yeah. you, you talked about that. Uh, so we're, do, we're we're also swirling on the table here, um, but it's uh, I'm getting like a, like a juicy juicy grapes like you know dark red skin grapes yeah. very juicy. Oh, oh, that was almost the chip tooth <laughs> on the glass. <laughs> that would be the first hospital trip we'd have to go to. But synthetic rubbers. There's a little bit of leatheriness behind that. A little bit of leather. Dark fruits. Absolutely dark fruit. But doesn't your my brain like whenever I look at red wine and this might just be super basic but mm-hmm. when i oh oh man. i spilled <laughs> so, would not be an episode without it sorry yeah. so when i look at and he licks the glass oh my gosh <laughs> it's a good trip oh I god didn't want to waste it. okay i gotta lick the desk soon. um i lost my train of thought but basically when i when you look, look at red wines oh i kind of just think like red fruit i don't know why i think it's just something to do with my brain and what about articulating what red fruit you smell so whether it, yeah. is it cherries is it raspberries strawberries are almost a little bit lighter and sweeter Whereas cherries are more deep like and intense. Almost dried black cherries. Okay, I get that. Because there's like a depth. It's it, like a, it doesn't smell sweet, but there's a depth of flavor. There's a little bit of, yeah. Maybe the currants do. I need to eat currants, I think. I know. I've never actually had one. I think they're more bitter. Okay. Well, this... I don't know how to... It's, I think... It's just very aromatic, I'd say. Yeah, it's, it's strong. There's an after tinge. Oh my nose! It doesn't smell mild or like it smells like a full body. Like it's going to be a full body. Full body, yeah. Let's have a look. Um, so directly, by the way, we're sitting on in front of a white desk, so we don't get um any sort of taintedness when we're examining the color on it, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we see exactly what it is. 
And like we had said, uh, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid, like that plum Kinda color. Makes me feel like I need to sneeze. So when I'm like, put it really close. So that is that alcohol <laughs> that you're smelling? It must be something. It's tingling. Like peppery, almost maybe. There Ooh, you go. That's a maybe good peppery. one. Add look that in. Me. Oh, man. Uh, okay, now let's look at the edge of the rim um, because it doesn't have the brown or orange. It just kind of fades to like a nice warm red. Like a watered down red. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And and that comes from the plum, I suppose. But it's, uh, yeah, there's no hints of it being over oxidized or anything like that. Um, let's do the tilt and the look through the side. Very rich through the side. I'm looking at it There's the lots light. of legs, though. Like, if you look at my glass, I don't know if yours... Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yours does, oh, too. Yeah. Lots of legs. Spider legs. We always forget what that means. I think it's high alcohol. Higher, yeah, I think so. I think it's high alcohol because it's... Also, when you look at what legs means, it says, like, <laughs> high alcohol, but it doesn't give you a scale of, like, what percentage is high or yeah, not. Yeah, that's fair. Like so if... I think the highest we've had is 13.5%. Yeah. So I think that was on the... On the um, Vioja. Oh, the one that I butchered. <laughs> Viejo. No. Viejo. Viejo. There you go. Okay, yeah. School Viejo, of me now. Viejo, Rioja. No, I said that wrong again. Rioja. When did you learn Spanish? Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough Enough sniffing here. Want to dive in for a drink? Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Kind of sweet on the taste. Very sweet. Yeah. A lot of fruit. A lot, yeah. a lot of... What is that? Lip smacking flavor. So sometimes when you taste it, like I think the the Ali, not the Alianca, actually we had a Merlot um, the other night with our dinner, and we we both said that when you taste it, it's like the tip of your tongue. That's where you get the first impact. This one for me was back of my tongue. See this, like when I taste it, mm-hmm. diving in for another one. It's really sweet off the hop, but then not much on the after. Like a couple of like one more tongue, and it's gone. I think cherry, like, I taste the cherries now. Yeah. It tastes like that, um, like... It's pretty sweet. It is sweet. Oh, yeah, but it's... I wouldn't say this is dry. No. Um, it also doesn't leave it, you with, like, like a, a... It doesn't leave you, like, with no, that. No, like, puckering yeah. or, like, like you need to, like, get a sip of water or anything. Like, no. th- this... Um, it's smooth. Very smooth. There's no burning sensation no. down the back of your throat either. Which is interesting because it, like, burns my nose. It's, like, peppery to the nose, but I don't feel that um, after a sip. This is the most enjoyable wine I've it's, had where I draw water. Like, you know when you draw air over your tongue with when you're taking a sip? And it usually gets a little bit intense. That is almost a mess. Um, this didn't really get too intense. It didn't, like, it just, I opened it up and made you taste it in more parts of your mouth. Um, which, I guess, quote-unquote, intensifies the flavor. But it didn't make it more harsh. For me, it made it a little bit more harsh. But okay. I also <laughs> did that very poorly, <laughs> if you saw my face. Mm. I really like this wine. It's good. It's. It, I think it's begging for food. I want to eat something when I drink this. What do you want to eat? I even think like, like a nice like chicken breast. Okay. Not, not even like a because it's not heavy. It's not. It's not heavy. It's not heavy, but it's also not acidic. I think the sweetness would go well with something that's pretty muted. But I think you like herbs, like her, like a herby chicken would yeah. be really nice with this. Even just like a salad with like goat cheese and yes, chicken, that'd be great, right? Yeah. Where it like kind of it's kind of not creamy in the mouth but it would go with something that had a little bit of tang like yeah, it it's coating my mouth right now in like such a warm sensation good. in a really yeah. really nice way yeah there's a really nice wine it's i i thoroughly enjoy it yeah blown away by it so now so you're picking up the ball here and looking at it again uh, yeah. there's like a little story on the front can you read that for us i haven't even read this yet yeah so it says our vineyards are planted on the eastern slopes of the andes mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point 
Oh my goodness. At some of the highest elevations on the planet for wine growing. The Val de Uco stony soils, excellent sun exposure, and pure meltwater from mountain snow caps are ideal for creating this remarkable wine collection. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And also, um, when Snow you're doing cats. a podcast and you're reading, no one else knows if you're messing something up. I just know, roll but with I it. can't. Just roll with uh, it. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in like high school where it's like the my turn. To, at you. Yeah, like I know it's my turn in five seconds, so I'm like frantically reading over my part so I don't mess it up in front of everybody. But I didn't have time to do that, and I messed it up because I second guessed myself. Ah. Uh. Okay, but when I'm thinking of Ar- okay, just, sorry. No, no, no you're, on. you're okay. When, when I when I think about Argentina, I mean South America, obviously. I think of, like, Lionel Messi, but that's just me. But anyways, uh, the Andes, I think of, like, deep jungles. Like, that's, like, the one of the world's biggest mountain chains, the Andes Mountains. So, like, I'm thinking South America, rainforest. Um, but I don't necessarily think wine growing. But they no. do say stony soils, um, snow cap, water Excellent melt. sun exposure and pure melt water from the mountain snow caps. Sounds beautiful. That sounds remarkable. That's yep. for our first I'd field like trip. Go Let's go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, we'll go in the sunny season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is really, really nice. It's enjoyable, um, for sure. Do we want to flip over the bottle and see what they have to say? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do it or do you want me to? Um, maybe you. Okay. Sorry, guys. I really... I don't know what's up today. Just butchering it. Um, Sorry. This is uh, featuring our neighbor's dog. Let's just close we'll that and, window there. We'll try and quiet it down a little bit there. Um, okay, so... Wine of Argentina Mendoza, so which is probably, I, I would guess, like a province or, or region. Okay. Um, Salentine Reserve... Uh, development of premium wines, Uco, Uco Valley, the ideal conditions of the region for grape growing. So I think you've already gone over that. Uh, 100% Malbec, uh, uh, 1.1 meters above sea level. Okay. That's probably got something to do with it. I know that, um, like the Canadian, uh, Niagara wine regions are really good for growing wine, that soil by Niagara on the lake, because it used to be. Um, lake bed so there's a lot of like okay. organic sea material that's naturally in there so maybe oh. that has something to do with it you really do know a lot of random information i know i just I appreciate log it. that <laughs> I, I appreciate your appreciation <laughs> um this dis- this wine displays an intense purplish red color got it yep aromas of blueberries red currant violet and vanilla i don't know what a violet smells like which is weird because you're the plant guy i know uh, anyways, uh, in the mouth, it's very silky and enveloping. I think yeah, you said silky. Yeah. And enveloping, we talked about how that coats your whole mouth. Um, with very good structure and fruit combined with tobacco notes, uh, granted by aging in oak barrels for 12 months. This wine is, uh, is bottled without filtration. Serving so, temperature is 16 degrees. This wine can be aged for six to eight years. So what does that mean without filtration? Is that where you see in the in the documentaries and stuff where they go through that little hole and they like... Like, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe that'll um, be something to look into. Or if you guys have the answer, let us know. Please reach out and let us know. Or if right now, if you're if you're like going super super mad, fourteen um, percent alcohol. Wow. So, our so that's mo- our highest yet. Easily, and it's it's also hidden just down there in the corner oh, of yeah. the label. You can barely read that. Barely read it. So this um, is a 2017, and it's 2020 now, so three years old. So we could have probably let it age for a couple more years. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like what the so home home aging. I think you have to keep it somewhere pretty cool like and and dark, and you have to store it on its side. And I do think you should rotate it from time to time. Yeah, we did learn that in one of the Psalm documentaries. Yes, we're we're on to Psalm two now. Um, also, someone has taken it upon themselves to mow their lawn at 6.30 p.m., so uh, we're, we're dealing with that. Um, so I just looked up unfiltered wine. Uh, 
the wine was bottled unfiltered. Most wines go through some level of filtration before bottling. So this could mean that it's more of a, um, while the label looks really sophisticated, this could be more of a mom and pop sort of setup here, but I don't know. I don't want to jump to conclusions on it. Um, there is Wine Folly, uh, the article or the website that we talked about before. Um, pros and cons of unfiltered wine. Uh, basically, uh, wine's filtered. Um, there's a lot of sediment when it comes to fermentation, so this can help pull out some of that. Um, cloudy wine. This it would not. I would not say this is cloudy at all, no. but it's also very dark, so it's hard to say. So this is unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Um. Which wines are nearly always filtered? Sweet white wines, floral or fluty dry white wines, large production wines, uh, Botrytis wines. Botrytis? 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, unfiltered wines, skip filtration steps. This doesn't mean the wine stays cloudy. Instead of filtering out the yeast, the wine simply rests for a time. No shaking or moving the tanks. So this did specify it was in uh, barrel age for 12 months. Okay. So gravity pulls the um, sediment to the bottom and then they skim off. They skim that off, or the rackings where we siphon off the clear wine from the cloudy wine at the bottom. Cool. Maybe that's something to dive a little bit further into at another time. Absolutely. Now, I just showed you the price on this. I didn't Did you see. Look? Okay. I didn't see. What do you think? Oh, okay. Now you just saw it. <laughs> I just saw it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wrecked that. Um, <laughs> that's on me. Um, surprise. <laughs> this wine is $17.95. That is a good bang for your buck. Did you think this was a plus $20? I would have said 22 22 Okay. Yeah. I, I would... I would pay twenty five for this. I'd pay up north of twenty five. Wow, you really like this. Really, really love this yeah. wine. You know what? It's smooth. It's drinkable. Not. It's more than drinkable. I'd say. Um, but it's. Like, I think it's it, tasty. I think, I think this would be a crowd pleaser. Like people are like, "What's that wine? I yeah. need to write that down." Yeah, because it's not harsh. I wouldn't say it's tannic. It's not high acidity. Not that I taste anyway. Now, the LCBO website does have a little note here, and it says this may be a fraction of the price of Salentine's, uh, Salentine's uh, Premium Malbec, also recommended here, but it's just as good uh, in a completely different style. There's no spicy oak or tobacco-scented tannins boosting the fruit here. Instead, it's just pure, fresh, floral Malbec, purple and bright. Herbal notes add a cool spice, giving it a vibrant Andean feel. Score 94 points, which is people are torn, torn on whether the point system matters. Right. As we learned in the last documentary. We're very much living on documentaries yeah. here. But for us, someone who doesn't know, I mean, it's out of 100, so that sounds really good. Sounds a great one. That's a great I never touched. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you have a, a handful of them. Yeah. Uh, My it's just nice to know. I don't know what goes into the grading system, but it's. I like this wine, and now I have validation from knowing it's 94 points. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this. Do we want to jump over to the... Uh, the Vivino app. Yeah. Let's have a look at this. Um, okay, so $20 is what the average price is. Um, now, the rating is 3.9. Oh, wow. Which is uh, our highest because 3.8 last week for Elianka was that. Right. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half stars. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with you. All right, now we're going to write the review here, and I'm going to become an, an adventurer, or no, uh, as an adventurer in, in Explorer? Argent- Explorer okay. in Argentinian Malbec. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... A uh, strong floral bouquet. Look at us. We already are sounding better. Um, Not with... we, honey. <laughs> you. <laughs> you said bouquet, though. That was your term. With pepper I and said aromatic, but and leather aromatics. Uh, warm, it's enveloping so mouth feel. Strong. Uh, oh, smooth cherries and. 
blueberry, no, cherry and blueberry, and blueberry on the palette more than enjoyable will drink again and then in brackets a lot <laughs> love that um okay done i really am enjoying this it's a super enjoyable wine like i it put me in a better mood yeah not that it was in a bad mood but it made my good mood even better yeah like this is a very nice wine you rated your first Argentinian Malbec. You're now an explorer of Argentinian Malbec. Um, okay, let's have a look here. Um, best wines between $20 and $40 right now. And that's saying something considering it is $20.62 on this app. Av- yeah, so on it's, average. Yeah, so it's $0.62 cents above the minimum. Among the top 4% of all wines in the world and popular among Vivino users, more than 3,000 ratings. Very good. What are the taste characteristics on here? So... Um, in terms of light or bold, this is more on the bold side, but kind of in the middle, hovering in the middle. Um, compared, Comparing smooth and tannic, it's pretty much in the middle, but closer to smooth, which we said. Yeah. Um, comparing dry and sweet, it's this one surprises me. It's closer to the dry. It's still pretty hovering. Pretty hovering. It's hovering close to the middle. Yeah. I would say it's a little bit more sweet than dry, but... Which makes me think that you and I need to sort of nail down that. What, because we both yeah. agreed on it being sweet over dry. Right. But And then the last one is soft versus acidic, and it's right in the middle. So it's pretty medium-bodied, I'd say. We didn't get pick up the oak, vanilla, and tobacco on the flavor notes, which is the 432 mentions of those three, which is the most uh, talked about flavor or... Uh, tasting characteristic or tasting note but um i think that's something that comes with time because it's easier to indicate things you've tasted before and yeah. i've I'm not a smoker i don't know what tobacco smoke uh, tastes like no. vanilla we do but it's hard to put that into something that's not baking related right and vanilla like the oak usually comes with vanilla like vanilla comes with being in an oak barrel yeah barrel. and exactly yeah that's a good point i think it comes from toasting the barrels and whatnot yeah. so it's hard to know those without having exposure to it but i think we're, we're on our way there yeah and then uh blackberry plum blueberry we nailed plum yeah blueberry i picked up on after i was told about it that's one of those ones like yeah. i don't get the oak vanilla tobacco but blueberry i'm like okay that makes sense yeah and then the cherry red fruit and raspberry we definitely nailed cherry and raspberry i could see all right, want to scroll through and, and read a couple of reviews from our friends on Vivino? Yes, I feel like I might sneeze, but okay. It's that peppery bouquet. <laughs> um, so from Sergey um, in d- December, he said, Balanced, okay, good fruit, but not overpowering. Subtler than most Malbecs. A shy kid capable of surprisingly good conversation. <laughs> Sergey, you wordsmith. Okay. I don't really agree that... He, like, he's not really, like... He didn't sound blown away by it, but, but he, he also... But he did say it was balanced. And surprisingly and not, good. And not overpowering, which is fair. Um, uh, Nils says, Ruby, medium legs, ripe red fruit, black plum, red cherry, um, acid, spice, medium full body. <laughs> I skipped over a word I didn't know. Medium acid, smooth tannins, rich, enjoyable wine, good value. It's really that's really this solid. Is, yeah. Now they're all pretty good. They're all around the four. All right. We're, before we close out this episode, um, <laughs> I want to see, see what this word is. Uh, so, okay, butric acid, uh, butyric, butyric, butyric oh, okay, acid. Um, okay. 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 Let's look this up. And as far as wines concerned, bacteria induced wine. Uh, bu- 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 it's butyric. 
Yeah, butyric acid, I'm saying that wrong, I know, is a bacteria-induced wine fault that can cause wine to smell of spoiled uh, camembert or rancid butter. Ascorbic acid is a winemaking additive often used in sweet wines as a preservative against fungi, bacteria, and yeast growth, unlike sulfur dioxide, which does not hinder the growth uh, of the lactic acid bacteria. So this being an unfiltered wine, maybe that lends it towards... um, Using something like uh, this uh, ah. sorbic acid that could spoil the wine. Are, there's no spoiled butter uh, flavor in this no. at all. I don't get anything like that. I don't get anything harsh, which would really lead to this. So yeah, I, I think that, that may have been a user malfunction yeah. in that one bottle. Maybe maybe a corked bottle, right? Yeah, maybe. A term we, we learned last week. Yes. All right. The last part of the episode. Uh, are we recommending this wine? Yes. Heck home yes. run. Home run. Yeah, this is my favorite wine that we've had on the show. Yeah, so far. I really enjoy this. I would 10 out of 10 recommend. It's smooth, easy to drink. It's not overly acidic or puckering or dry. It's it's really um, just easy to drink. Us being novice wine drinkers and, and you know wanting to learn more, I feel like this is a good second step. Because it's somewhere out of our comfort zone when yep. it comes to wines. It's not uh, – so Malbec, while it's a popular variety, it's not one that I've had before. Um, so that's a baby step in itself. I don't know if I've ever had Argentinian wine, not intentionally, whereas this one was selected because I wanted to have something from South America. Right. Um, and that's another baby step forward. Uh, and also just sort of tasting – like this is a different taste experience than I've had with the Cabernet Sauvignon that we've had in the Viejo. So – it's it's it was a surprising bottle of wine and one I would absolutely recommend my favorite that we've had and not a, a bank buster by any means. Yep, I agree. All right, All right. so uh, thanks for listening. If you did, uh, we really do appreciate that. If you're if you're here, then obviously you did listen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, please pick up this wine, the uh, Salentine uh, Reserve Malbec 2017, uh, a real surprise wine. You won't regret it. You will not. All right, until next week. All right, cheers. <laughs>